0: The Stone Zone, with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit, Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times best-selling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone.
1: Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. I'm joining you today from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I arrived last night. Tulsa, Oklahoma is uh, the site of one of the greatest pizza places in the world, Andolini's Pizzeria, uh, where we dined last night. If you're in Tulsa, let me suggest two locations, Andolini's Pizzeria, absolutely one of the best uh, in America. I'm here because tonight at Sheridan Church, uh, we have a book signing for my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Now if you're not in Tulsa and you can't make it tonight but you're interested in this book, well, you can go to the man who killed, pardon me, manwhokilledkennedy.com, manwhokilledkennedy.com, there it is, pardon me, themanwhokilledkennedy.com, uh and get an autographed copy. Uh in this book I make the case uh, that Lyndon Baines Johnson was the head of a cabal That included the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, organized crime, the Secret Service, the FBI, Big Texas Oil, uh, and the Wall Street banking interests, all of whom had a mutual interest in the murder of John F. Kennedy. Again, you can get your autographed copy, uh, and you always want the paperback because it has three additional chapters, uh, by going to themanwhokilledkennedy.com. If you're interested in history uh, or this particular topic, I think you will find it uh, very fascinating. All right, the number one issue in the country uh, is immigration. We saw this in the entrance polls for the Iowa caucuses, the exit polls for the New Hampshire primary. Uh, It's interesting that MSNBC and CNN say that the uh, crisis at our border isn't real, that it's a creation of Fox News, in other words, don't believe what you see with your own eyes believe what we tell you but what is particularly shocking in terms of the political developments here is really twofold first of all joe biden's new position uh, which is he's done everything he possibly can do which is laughable first of all the home uh, uh, security uh, homeland security secretary mayorkas plus the president's own spokesperson have insisted for months that the border is secure. Yet, when asked directly only days ago, Biden said, no, the border's not secure. I've been saying this for years, but the Republicans won't give me the tools to do anything about it. This is an absurdity, of course. All he really needs to do is enforce the current law. President Donald Trump did it. In fact, illegal border crossings had trickled to almost nothing during the Trump presidency. Now we have seen as many as 10 million illegals, that's the latest projection, uh, by the end of this year if it continues at the current rate. Where there is particular outrage uh, is uh, in the Congress where the U.S. Senate has put together the Schumer-Lankford proposal, or call it the Lankford-Schumer proposal, uh, for border security. The problem with this is it doesn't constitute border security under the Lankford Schumer proposal. 5,000 illegals would be permitted to enter the country uh, each week. That would be uh, roughly 155,000 a month, which constitutes about 1.8 million illegals entering the country every year. Uh, the goal should, of course, be zero. Uh, it is uh, now uh, my privilege to introduce uh, Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer. Uh, if you're a watcher of the Stone Zone, you will be familiar with him. Pastor Lawmeyer challenged uh, James Langford in the last Republican U.S. Senate primary, a primary in which Senator Langford Clayton was a. Border and Immigration Hawk. He actually visited the border for photo ops uh, during his campaign. Many, many Republicans upset about his proposal. We have a graphic that the uh, uh, Schumer-Langford proposal. Uh, We'll put that up for you in a moment. But in the meantime, there it is, the Schumer-Langford border deal. As you can see, it increases green cards by 50,000 a year, Uh, It allows work permits for adult children of H-1B permit holders, uh, immediate work permits to every illegal alien released from custody, taxpayer-funded lawyers to certain UACs and mentally incompetent aliens, 5,000 migrants per day allowed into the United States, and it restricts parole for those who enter without authorization between points of entry. Again, the grand totals, if you do the math, At five thousand a week, it's roughly one hundred and fifty-five thousand a month. That is one point eight million a year. That is not a secure border. Joining me now, Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer. Thank you so much for having me on, Mr. Stone. So, Jackson, um, I guess you have a certain right here to say, "I told you so." Uh, You campaigned very aggressively on this issue. What has gotten into James Langford, the senior senator from Oklahoma?
2: That's pretty wild because during the campaign season, uh, he was the most staunch border hawk that you could find. And it was appealing to Oklahomans because as you know, Oklahomans are very conservative and very concerned about the border, especially where we're located right above Texas. And so Langford campaigned strongly uh, on being the border hawk. And now he's carrying the water For the Democrats, I mean, the title of the bill, I mean, think about it, Langford Schumer. Uh, That that tells you all you need to know with the other guy who's labeled there and Schumer. And so it just goes to show you that during campaign season, many politicians are one way, but when it comes to actually being in office, completely different. And I think Langford is believing that, you know, he's got time, it's a six year term, and people will forget about this maybe. Uh, But the question then becomes, what do they have on james langford to be able to force him to carry the water for the democratic party and go around selling an open borders idea you know there's like 5000 but you do 5000 a day uh the math adds up to roughly what 1.8 million for a year which is not a secure border that's an open border
1: the biden administration or political strategy here appears to me to be somehow think that this will take the immigration issue off the table, that voters will view it, if the Senate and House package became law, as solved. I I don't really understand that reasoning. As long as we continue to have uh, the enormous financial expense of the social services uh, that that counties and cities and states are being required, required to spend, on these illegal migrants. The mayor of Chicago says his finances are at the breaking point. The mayor of New York City says that it will destroy New York City. They're talking in New York City about deep cuts in education, sanitation, law enforcement, uh, in order to be able to pay for social services for the migrants. And then, of course, we have a, a fentanyl crisis in the country, which is a direct result of the open border. This, as you know, hit my own family, where two weeks ago, very sadly, my wife's uh, only son, pardon me, my sister's only son, my nephew, died at age 38 of a fentanyl overdose. So uh, I I now understand how millions of Americans feel signing this bill into law, and it's not clear that the House will accept the Senate bill, uh, is not going to take this uh, issue off the table, is it?
2: oh no not at all i think it only codifies uh illegal immigration and so you know president trump has been very clear he was able to secure the border with the laws that are already on the books this is not a uh, law issue this is an enforcement issue joe biden can do the exact same thing that president trump did unfortunately you and i both know this joe biden's not going to do what president trump did He is trying to utilize this as, well, Republicans don't want to close the border when he's had over three years now uh, to close the border. He has not done that, but it's election season. And so he's got to act as if he is doing something. And it's just very sad uh, that a Republican senator from the state of Oklahoma would carry the water for the Democratic Party, especially during a presidential election.
1: Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of important public commentary on. Here's a clip of Kerry Lake talking about the U.S. Senate uh, border security proposal.
3: Right now, Lankford is working Lankford is on, on, is working his, his, on plans his plan for a border security bill. I spoke with John Ratcliffe about it this morning. And uh, he said to me, all Republicans should be saying, go back to what Trump was doing. Go back to what was working. Enforce our laws and tell our friends to the South to cooperate or there will be economic consequences. We see none of that in this border deal. What is your reaction to this border deal that you've got to have 5000 people coming, crossing into America before anything can get done in terms of sending them back? It's outrageous. It's a slap in the face to the American people. They also want us to pay for all of these fraudulent asylum seekers' attorneys' fees, and uh, you know they're paying for their their food and their clothing and their uh, hotels and their airfares and their phones. It's it's just disgusting, and uh, I call it the Cinema Schumer package and deal because uh, Kirsten Cinema, who I'm running against, is actually part of this. My problem with it, I think President Trump's problem with it, is they need to make sure that nobody supports this, because it would codify all of these outrageous, outrageous things, like you just mentioned. Legalizing nearly two million of these people entering illegal every year, making us pay for their attorney's fees, and all of these things. We don't want to codify this into law. Go back to exactly what President Trump was doing. I live in Arizona. I covered this state for 27 years. It was never more safe and secure than under President Trump, and he used the laws that we already have. Joe Biden, if he just followed the laws, we wouldn't have this problem. But he wants this problem because, Maria, on day one, hour one, he came in and pulled back President Trump's incredible border policy. And this is what has ensued. Twelve million people here illegally. Unbelievable. You just mentioned the Arizona elections. Yeah, go ahead, Carrie. Did you want to say something else? and, and, And I will say one thing. This is a Biden invasion, a Biden yeah. invasion that was orchestrated and planned by this corrupt administration. And in order to save our homeland, we got to send these people back to their homeland. Shit. And I think we need to start the largest repatriation uh, project immediately to process these people and send them back to their homeland so that we can save our homeland. Uh,
1: there you have uh, the very eloquent uh, Carrie Lake, uh, who I think is one of the most dynamic communicators Uh, In the Republican Party, someone I think has an amazing future. She, of course, is running in a three-way race uh, in Arizona for the U.S. Senate. uh, And I I think she's going to win. I'm a strong supporter and fan. Uh, Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr., also opined on this yesterday. Let's take a look at that.
0: They will bankrupt this country for Ukraine. You know what they won't do? They won't spend 1% of it on our southern border. Now I'm watching, you know, Senator Lankford of Oklahoma, amazingly enough, this is going to work out great for his uh, gubernatorial campaign, working out a deal where they allow 5,000 a day. That's going to be the baseline, guaranteed. A Republicans agreeing this because he's getting steamrolled? Because they're morons. Our people, you know, Trump was effective in negotiation because he's actually been in a negotiation before. It wasn't like, Hey, trillions of dollars are on the line. Let me take a crack at this. Let's see what happens. Right? Theory, practice—like it's different. Five thousand. Obama's own Homeland Security person said one thousand would be like an invasion. One thousand was far too much. It was an unsustainable level. A few short years later, after having it all under control, after reaping the benefits of that—you know, lower income, wages going up, et cetera, et cetera—minor things like that you know, the things that we promise our people but never actually deliver on except for Trump. A few short years later, we're gonna take the Obama number, which is probably much higher than it should be, but the disaster number and go times five and the Republicans are fine with this. Not all of them, guys like J.D. Vance fight for it, but like, that's it basically in the Senate. There's probably one or two others, but we can't name them. This is what's going on right now, it's lunacy.
1: Uh, Very effective speech. Now, uh, Don Jr. there made reference to what is one of the great open secrets in Oklahoma politics. Uh, Everybody has heard this, that Senator James Lankford uh, intends at the end of the appointment uh, of current Governor Kevin Stitt, who I think unwisely supported the candidacy of Ron DeSantis for president, uh, will... uh, run for the united states uh, pardon me run for governor of oklahoma while still sitting in the u.s senate seat then uh, were he to be elected which is uh, an open question in my opinion um, he could resign from the senate seat uh, and governor State could then appoint himself to the balance of the term let me just say historically this has been tried before and it has never ever worked. Uh, Senator William Nolan, U.S. Senator from California, very popular, decided to run while a sitting U.S. Senator for governor in 1958. Uh, He got crushed. Uh, Wendell Anderson uh, of Minnesota tried this. It it didn't work. The other thing, the other observation I would make uh, is twofold. One, uh, if James Langford wants to run for governor, he would have to run uh, an aggressive campaign where he was actually exposed to the voters. Uh, As you know, at the end of the last Senate race, questions were raised uh, about a deposition that he gave pertaining to his stewardship uh, of uh, of, uh, a summer camp here run uh, by the church, uh, where he actually testified under oath that uh, a 13-year-old was uh, old enough, uh, that was the age of consent. This had to do with uh, allegations of a sexual abuse uh, at the at the camp. Um, he dropped off the campaign trail so as not to have to address these issues. Uh, but it is unthinkable that he could win a statewide gubernatorial primary without having to be, ke- having to campaign aggressively and actually subject himself to vote uh, to questions from the media and from the voters. Uh, And then beyond that, um, it's extraordinarily unpopular any time a governor has attempted to appoint themselves to the Senate. Is this just uh, the political rumor mill, or do you think that perhaps Senator James Langford really does want to trade places with current Oklahoma Senator, uh, Governor Stitt?
2: Great question. Uh, everybody who's kind of in the political know in Oklahoma, that's uh, what everyone is saying. They've been told from both camps, from the Kevin Stitt camp as well as the James Langford camp. And so it's quite the plan, you know, to uh, go from the US Senate down to, say, the governor race and then have the governor go up to DC. And so, you know, it's an interesting plan. I can't imagine it being that popular among people, which to your point, um, Lankford wouldn't be appointed as governor. He would actually have to run for governor and it's an open seat. So he's not got access to unlimited funds, like whenever he's running again in the U S Senate. And he would have to face people that have tough questions. And I can promise you, uh, this border bill will be a prime question that people in Oklahoma are going to ask. It's not popular here in Oklahoma, as you saw the Oklahoma State Committee of the Republican Party censured James Langford over this border bill. And so I, I can't imagine them actually trying to put this in place, but um, it is coming from both camps, the StIP camp and the Langford camp, that they plan on doing this in 2026. And so you talk about a wild, uh, wild move, but to your point, and, and you know, uh, you've said it's never worked before, And I just can't imagine it working here in Oklahoma in 2026
1: either. Yeah, voters, generally speaking, hate musical chairs among politicians in which they try to trade positions, uh, but leave the voters out of the equation. Uh, President Donald Trump himself weighed in on this issue with a tweet. Uh, Let's see if we can put that up. Uh, This was True Social, where he said a border bill is not necessary to stop the millions of people, many from jails and mental institutions located all over the world that are pouring into our country. It it is an invasion, the likes of which no country has ever had to endure. It is not sustainable nor affordable and will, under crooked Joe Biden, only get worse. I had the safest and most secure border in U.S. history. I don't need a bill. They are using this horrific Senate bill as a way of being, of being able to put the border disaster onto the shoulder of Republicans. The Democrats broke the border. They should fix it. No legislation is needed. It's already there. Uh, Jackson, your reaction to the president's statement?
2: Well, he's completely correct, and that is why it makes no sense uh, for Langford to try to codify uh, into law illegal immigration. That, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Joe Biden could do exactly what Donald Trump did. We know that he's not going to do that. And so there is no point in helping Joe Biden in political talking points that he secured the border when you're not securing the border. I mean, 5,000 a day, that's that's a huge number. That's a big number. And once again, you are making law in regards to illegal immigration. And so the number should be zero. And a president and secure the border. Trump has already proven that. And I believe when Trump gets back in the office, he is going to secure the border. I just have a strong feeling that James Langford does not want Donald Trump back into the White House. Uh, We know uh, where Langford stands with President Trump. Uh, He has not endorsed the president, even though uh, he campaigned as if him and Donald Trump are best friends. We all know that Langford stabbed President Trump in the back on January the 6th, 2021. And so this is an interesting dynamic. We're going to see what comes to play about it. It's just sad uh, that an Oklahoma senator would try to put forth such a terrible bill. It just makes no sense.
1: Yeah, there's a great website, realjameslankford.com, realjameslankford.com, that lays out uh, his long history Uh, as a rhino. For a guy who claims to be a conservative, uh, you can see his actual record. It's really quite shocking. Uh, He outspent you in the Senate race, I think, six or eight to one, millions of dollars of special interest money, plus millions of dollars courtesy of Mitch McConnell. Uh, It's very tough to run a grassroots campaign uh, against an entrenched incumbent, but many people ask. I saw a poll last week that so someone suggested that you might run for governor you told me yesterday you had no interest in that do you see the possibility that you would run again for the u.s senate
2: running for the u.s senate again very much so in maybe 2020 now we have to see what happens with the musical chairs in in 26 but uh i had the time of my life running for the u.s senate in 2022 and i could foresee myself doing it again uh, you know, obviously, we have to see what uh, the playing field is at that point. And then, obviously, I would come and talk to you and get your advice on it and then make a decision from
1: there. Uh, you have been very active uh, in an organization called Pastors for Trump. Uh, you've been attacked, as have I. Just to be very clear, no, we don't worship Donald Trump. We worship God. Uh, we do. We do believe that God has blessed this nation. We do believe that Donald Trump. Will stand up for our constitutional principles. Uh, tell us about the explosive growth of Pastors for Trump, who ended up playing a pivotal role in the Iowa caucuses where Donald Trump uh, beat Ron DeSantis uh, among evangelical Christians almost three to one.
2: Yeah. Well, one of the keys to winning in 2024 is going to be tapping into the largest voting block in America, which is the evangelical voting block. And unfortunately, evangelicals, they just don't really turn out to vote. And so how do you get Christians out to vote? Because eight out of 10 Christians are going to break towards the Republican nominee that we know is going to be Donald Trump in 2016, 2020. How do you get Christians out to vote? Well, you mobilize pastors because pastors influence their congregation. And if a pastor says you need to go out and vote and vote your value system, that will inspire Christians to turn out in mass. And that's one of the ways that we win in 2024. So we've made it our mission to mobilize pastors. We've got over 10,000 pastors in all 50 states uh, ready to rock and roll for the 2024 election. We've got many events uh, that are coming up on the horizon. And I believe that we're going to see the largest evangelical turnout in US history in 2024. And I believe eight, maybe nine out of 10 uh, we'll go for Donald Trump, and I think it'll help push him over the finish line.
1: So, uh, tonight uh, at Sheridan Church, uh, I am doing a book signing, and we're going to do a, a presentation uh, and a QA uh, regarding the Kennedy assassination. This is a non political event. We're going to talk about history tonight, uh, but the public fascination uh, with the Kennedy assassination uh, continues. I do draw a direct uh, analogy from the murder of John Kennedy in 1963, uh, the removal of President Richard Nixon in a silent coup uh, in 1973, uh, the attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan uh, in 1981, uh, the Russian collusion hoax, uh, the two Ukrainian impeachment hoaxes, all brought to you by the same institutions, maybe not the same individuals, but the same unelected institutions. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, a case that I will make in my remarks tonight. Uh, tell us about the event tonight and uh, how are ticket sales going?
2: Yes. So tonight at Sheridan Church, which is the church I get the pastor in Tulsa, uh, we're excited to host you. And to just talk about an issue that, you know, so many Americans, I I saw a a poll around 70% of Americans don't believe the official narrative of the JFK assassination uh, story that we've been told. And so you've written an incredible book over it. Uh, The event is 100% sold out, which goes to show you uh, just people are curious. I mean, this was 60 years ago. You know, most people that are going to be at the event. Um, they weren't even alive or, or maybe they were very, very young when this happened. Yet 60 years later, there is still a huge interest, sold out event, and it's going to be a two hour special where you will break down, uh, what actually took place, take some questions from the audience and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great thing tonight.
1: Uh, so final question, Jackson, uh, you were telling me last night that, that Sheridan Church, your church has experienced explosive growth uh since the last election uh you opened a new outpost in oklahoma city you've expanded your facility or moved to a larger facility here in tulsa more and more people seeking the word of god it's really heartening oh
2: absolutely our church has grown tremendously to your point we opened a a campus in oklahoma city Purchased a new building here in Tulsa just in a very short amount of time in a very short amount of time It's because people are hungry people are seeking the world is turning upside down. Nothing makes sense Uh, and so people are looking for truth and uh, Luckily, we know that truth is contained in the Word of God and when the Word of God is proclaimed It draws people and so it's been a tremendous thing to be a part of and to see the growth And uh, since the last time you were at the church, Roger, you're gonna be shocked at how much bigger the place is and I know we're excited to have you tonight.
1: Uh, I'm really very uh, honored to speak. As I told you last night, I have begun worshiping at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, which was founded by the great uh, Dr. D. James Kennedy. It was actually dedicated by Billy Graham uh, it, it's really changed my life in so many ways. It's an uplifting experience. Uh, it's inspirational. It's given me great strength and great solace. Now, I know that liberal elites who watch this are going to snicker at both of us because they find our belief in God and our faith in Jesus Christ to be a corny or, or, or we think we believe in some fairy tale. They're the losers in this discussion. I don't really care what they think. I only care what he thinks. Amen. Jackson Amen. Aumeier, Abe, thank you for joining us today on The Stone Zone. I look forward to seeing you tonight. Thank you, sir. Folks, uh, as I said on the show a couple of days ago, last week was the fifth uh, anniversary of the cold morning that uh, 29 uh, heavily armed FBI agents swarmed my home at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, to uh, arrest me for the first time, nonviolent but entirely fabricated crime of lying under oath in my voluntary testimony before the House uh, Intelligence Committee. Uh, it was uh, really a fraud. The whole purpose of the charges against me were not because, well, I did anything wrong. In fact, the government never produced any evidence of Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration. And Robert Mueller was forced to admit in his own long-hidden, long-redacted final report uh, that he'd found no violation of law on my part. So what was the point? The point, very simple, was to pressure me relentlessly to offer false testimony against President Donald Trump. Uh, I refused to do that uh, and to commemorate uh, my pardon uh, and, uh, and my faith. Uh, We have now produced uh, this new special commemorative coin, uh, which uh, you can uh, get your own uh, very limited edition uh, copy of this uh, by going to stonezone.com, stonezone.com. Go to the shop there. Um, Once uh, these are out, they're done, they're done. Uh, We have only cast a limited number of them. They are a mere $25.00. Uh, if you want this uh, piece of history uh, I would be pleased uh, to send you your very own so please go to the stonezone.com website uh, and uh, go to the store there now there are other great products you can get a copy of my book uh, the man who killed Kennedy the case against lbj there you can get a copy of my book um, uh, the uh, the Making of the President 2016, Uh, you can get a copy of my book, The Bush Crime Family. Uh, You can get a copy of my book, The Clinton's War on Women. You could even get your historic copy of, of, or I should uh, say, your uh, your very own Roger Stone Did Nothing Wrong t-shirt, the t-shirt I was uh, ironically arrested in the morning of January 25th. All of them available by going to stonezone.com uh, and going to the store. While you're there, folks, please subscribe. It costs nothing, uh, but when you get it on our subscription list once a week, we will email you with the top stories. Uh, not only uh, things that I have written, or but more importantly, or as importantly, stories that I've seen in the media that I don't think are getting the kind of attention that they deserve. So please go to stonezone.com. You can see it there at the bottom of the screen uh, and subscribe. Uh, and we will be happy to hit you once a week with a, with a kind of a, a prompt that tells you what we have up that week. Uh, this is uh, if you're just tuning in, this is the stone zone. I am Roger Stone. And uh, we have a, a very popular feature uh, on the show, in which we call "Ask Stone," uh, in which people uh, are able to uh, send us by email their questions, uh, and um, I take them. I try to take them in the order in which they send. If you have a question, you can send it to us at stone at stonezone dot com. Stone at stonezone dot com uh we don't always get to all the questions every time we do this but if your question remains current um, we will try to get to it so um, i'm happy to answer your questions on any topic whether it is uh, news uh, politics uh, history uh, food style fashion it's one of my favorite parts of the show Let's go to the uh, questions. So here's a question uh, from Alex in Boca Raton, Florida, who asks, what do you make uh, of public reports that members of Donald Trump's campaign team have reached out to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to determine his level of interest uh, in being vice president? Um, I saw that story in the New York Post, uh, but I also immediately saw uh, a Denunciation of it, an outright rebuttal from Chris La Civita, who is a co campaign manager uh, of Donald Trump's campaign, a uh, highly skilled uh, political strategist, uh, mechanic, uh, uh, and operative, uh, one of the very best in the party. I think the proof of that is the resounding victory uh, in Iowa uh, and the hard fought but solid victory uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, I think Chris Lasavita made it absolutely clear uh, that no one inside the Trump campaign was authorized uh, to conduct any back-channel vice presidential discussion with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So the Trump campaign uh, shooting this down pretty aggressively. Uh, Subsequently, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. posted uh, on social media that he had indeed Uh, been approached by members of the Trump team. Well, uh, in politics, uh, we have what are called freelancers, uh, people who have no authorization, but who decide that something might be a good idea. And perhaps they represented themselves to Mr. Kennedy as speaking for Donald Trump uh, or the campaign. But uh, only Donald Trump speaks for Donald Trump. Uh, Only his official campaign staff, uh, Susie Wiles, Uh, running an excellent campaign for president, in my opinion. Chris Lasavita, James Blair. These are some of the finest uh, political operatives. I'm a veteran of 13 national Republican presidential campaigns. I have 45 years in the arena under my belt. I've been involved in over 700 individual political campaigns. Uh, Those are the people who are authorized to speak for the president. Uh, Here's Lasavita's comment. This is 100% fake news. No one from the Trump campaign ever approached RFK or ever will, uh, one of the most liberal and radical environmentalists in the country. For all the fake news, update your stories. Um, I, I think that puts uh, this uh, to bed. Um, in the meantime, Robert Kennedy, um, who had announced first that he was running as a Democrat uh, and then left the Democratic contest because he correctly saw that the democratic national committee would stack the deck against him uh, as they stacked the deck against bernie sanders then announced um, that he would uh, seek the presidency as an independent uh, as we have discussed uh, on the show many times uh, that is a very uphill battle to actually get your name on the ballot as an independent Uh, uh, particularly in the larger states, particularly, ironically, in the swing states. You don't just go to the state board of elections, sign a form, pay a fee, and you're on the ballot. I mean, there are some small states where that is the case, but uh, those states uh, are, generally speaking, locked up for one of the major party candidates. Now, suddenly, I notice uh, that uh, it has been acknowledged by uh, Robert Kennedy Uh, And uh, the leaders of the National Libertarian Party, that there are some discussions of Robert Kennedy seeking the Libertarian Party nomination. Now, while there would be some mechanical advantage to that, I think the Libertarians may have permanent ballot status in about 30 states. Uh, They would still have to petition their way on in the balance of those states, although uh, they have proven as recently as 2012. Uh, to have the manpower to do that. But what this tells me, in all honesty, is perhaps the independent effort uh, run by the Kennedy campaign to get on the ballot uh, isn't doing all that well. A question I'm asked constantly is, uh, if Robert Kennedy is on the ballot, given his position uh, as a critic of the COVID-19 vaccination, uh, as his uh, support for Governor Abbott's uh, efforts to seal the southern border, uh, combined with his opposition uh, to the uh, further expansion and funding of the war in Ukraine, uh, does he take more votes uh, from uh, Donald Trump uh, than he does from Joe Biden? All of the data that I've seen to date indicates that is the case. So, uh, sadly, uh, I think... um, The reality is he probably has zero chance of being elected president, uh, but he could impact this race. Uh, And based on what I've seen so far, uh, he appears to pull disproportionately from Trump and therefore could play the role uh, of the spoiler. Uh, Again, this is a developing story. There seems to be a supposition on the part of his supporters that he would be included uh, in the presidential debates. Uh, first of all, we don't even know if Joe Biden, if he's reelected, or I should say renominated, will participate in debates. Uh, but generally speaking, all the way back to the time of Ross Perot, who ran as a candidate for the Reform Party, uh, no minor party or independent candidate has been included uh, in the debates that were hosted by the Presidential Commission on Debates, which is uh, not appointed by the president not a commission, uh, and most certainly not about debates. Generally speaking, the criteria to participate uh, in a commission-blessed debate uh, is some artificial uh, poll ranking. Uh, and if you reach that threshold, as Governor Gary Johnson did in 2012, which I think was 15%, uh, the commission very quickly and hastily will call a meeting and change it to 20 So um, I don't know that you will ever see a debate, but then let's start from the beginning. Still not clear that Mr. Kennedy gets on the ballot in enough states to affect this race. Uh, It remains to be seen. Uh, But, uh, Alex, I thank you for your question. Uh, Here is a question from Barry in uh, Phoenix, uh, Arizona. Uh, He says... uh, how long will Nikki Haley stay in this race for president? And why is she running? Excellent question. Uh, Both Nikki Haley uh, and Joe Biden heading to South Florida uh, this week uh, for major fundraisers. The investigative journalist Laura Loomer, friend of this show, has pointed out an an enormous commonality uh, in their major donors. Why would someone who is a major, major donor to Joe Biden, give a major contribution to Nikki Haley. Uh, At this juncture, um, I really think President Trump did not get enough credit uh, for the historic nature of his victories in Iowa uh, and New Hampshire. In Iowa, he tripled the previous record set by my old boss, Senator Bob Dole, who had won the 1988 caucuses by 12.5%, Trump won in Iowa, going away with a, by, by almost 30 points, uh, scoring, most importantly, solid victories among evangelical Christians who are uh, have a disproportionate amount of influence uh, in the uh, Iowa caucuses, just based on their numbers. Uh, but then in New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire, if there was any place that Nikki Haley had any outside chance of catching Donald Trump, well, that was probably the state. Now, this is a little complicated. Uh, Under New Hampshire state law, uh, non-Republicans, meaning independents, uh, are allowed to vote in the Republican primary, but theoretically, only if the Republican state committee uh, passes uh, a a, a resolution allowing them to do so. The Secretary of State uh, allowed Nikki Haley's name to be put on the Republican primary ballot despite uh, the absence of any action by the Republican State Committee. Uh, And um, there was an intense effort to flood the New Hampshire primary with non-Republicans. Almost 50 percent of those who participated in the caucuses were not actually Republicans. If you look at the vote among just Republicans, Donald Trump got almost 70 percent of the vote. Astounding. Uh, if you looked at the independents, that is where uh, Nikki Haley uh, scored, uh, but still she got a mere 34% of the vote. Donald Trump, I think, beat her in the end by 11 points. Uh, this despite an effort by New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu uh, to flood the Republican primary with non Republicans. Also, there was an active effort to re register Democrats as independents by the october 6th deadline so they could vote against donald trump uh, in the republican primary Uh, a smashing victory for trump in new hampshire where he set an all-time record Uh, in the new hampshire primary uh, president donald trump got uh, more total votes than any candidate for president in the history of the new hampshire primary either Republican or Democrat. Um, somehow the folks at CNN and MSNBC, who were fairly, fairly, fairly apoplectic uh, on the night of the New Hampshire primary, seem to miss that fine point. Uh, so conjecture here, there's only two reasons for Nikki Haley to hang around. First of all, she chose not to compete uh, in Nevada Nevada has a two-tiered process. It has a non-binding presidential primary uh, in which she is not running, Uh, but they also have caucuses which actually determine the allocation of delegates. Donald Trump is poised, having campaigned there last weekend, uh, leading in the polls overwhelmingly to sweep the delegates uh, from Nevada. Uh, and then the contest will go to South Carolina. Now, South Carolina is Nikki Haley's home state. Uh, it is the state uh, where voters know her best. She's the one who set the bar. She said uh, the night of the New Hampshire primary to remain in the race, she would have to do better than the 43% of the vote that she got uh, in New Hampshire. Yet the latest polls were uh, polled by uh, Fabrizio uh, and Associates uh, showed that she was at 31 percent. Pardon me, I think that's 34 uh, percent. Donald Trump uh, in the high 60s. Uh, this is looking to be a, a blowout. Uh, governor Henry McMaster, the governor of South Carolina, strongly supporting President Donald Trump, as is the lieutenant governor, uh, as is the uh, candidate for uh, the pardon me, the leaders of the Republicans in both the House and the Senate, uh, plus uh, many, many Republican state legislators, uh, uh, also a majority now of the Republican delegation to Congress from South Carolina, strongly uh, supporting Donald Trump over former Governor Nikki Haley. Uh, Her advocacy of a gas tax uh, is uh, has been a very significant uh, negative for her in the state. Um, she is heading for uh, a drubbing in South Carolina. Will she will she stay the course after that? Well, there are only two reasons why she may do so. One is uh, because, uh, as Vivek Ramaswamy has said, she's a puppet. She's in this race uh, propped up by financial interests who are globalist in nature, uh, and she stays in the race as an, in an effort to damage Donald Trump. Uh, Or she thinks that by hanging into the race, um, that perhaps she can force her way onto the ticket. Um, Donald Trump Jr. speaks for me on this (coughs) when he said this is one of the worst ideas he's ever heard. Uh, No one who is around the president, I've not discussed this with him personally, but no one who is around him uh, believes that we will have a a uh, Trump-Haley ticket. There are two reasons for this. One, of course, is a, is a question of character. Um, Nikki Haley looked Donald Trump in the eye and specifically said that he is, correctly, one of our greatest presidents, uh, and that if he ran, uh, she would not run. Now, she's not only running against him, but issuing shrill attacks against him, actually saying that the jury decision uh, in the uh, E. Jean Carroll case Uh, one of the great travesties of justice of all time, uh, where Donald Trump was never allowed to even mount a defense, uh, where he's never allowed to demonstrate for the jury, uh, for example, the videotape in which the plaintiff, E. Jean Carroll, says that she thinks the concept of rape is sexy. I've never seen Anderson Cooper move to a break so fast in my life. Uh, And uh, she is, uh, I think, therefore... Uh, probably in the race just to damage Donald Trump. She's already got her seat on the Raytheon board and a number of boards of these defense contractors. Uh, The president uh, refers to her in one of his famous nicknames as bird brain. There's a reason for that. She's not terribly bright. Uh, So we are are watching this race very carefully, but uh, Nikki Haley... Um, is going to get beat and beat very badly uh, in South Carolina. Uh, Ed McMullen, who I've known for a number of years, kind of a a very important presence uh, in the Trump camp, one of the savviest and most capable uh, political operatives uh, in the country, uh, assures me that uh, the Trump campaign is in excellent shape. Uh, Here is a question, again, from my native Florida. This is Uh, from uh, Enrique uh, in uh, Miami, Florida says, what is Ron DeSantis's political future? I hear he's talking about running in 2028 already. Well, uh, first of all, in politics, uh, a year uh, is a lifetime. Uh, And uh, I think the governor's disapproval rating in Florida is now below 50%, which is really extraordinary based on his overwhelming victory in the last election. Um, he's been sniping at President Trump in his social media postings when a state legislator, a single legislator, put forward a proposal to, uh, have, uh, to help President Donald Trump uh, with some of his overwhelming, staggering legal costs caused by this tsunami of lawfare against him. Desantis was quickly to say quick to say that he would use his veto pen to uh, disapprove any such appropriation uh, the governor is not helping himself uh, i point out again uh, that uh, he's at the end he will be at the end of his second term he has essentially two more years uh, at the end of this year he'll have two more years to serve as governor Uh, But then he's term limited. Uh, He cannot run for the U.S. uh, for governor again. I have predicted and predict yet again that Casey DeSantis, his wife, uh, will be a candidate for governor. Uh, I think that the DeSantises are too addicted to the lifestyle, the private jets, uh, the uh, five-star resorts, uh, the endless brown-nosing of the special interests, uh, and that, um, she will stand as a candidate for governor. Uh, if she does not do that, she really limits, uh, her husband's, uh, options. Of course, she would have to win. She will face stout opposition from a number of attractive potential candidates in that race, uh, that could or could not include a Congressman Byron Donalds, strong supporter of President Donald Trump from the Naples area, Congressman Matt Gaetz, uh, the man who single-handedly brought down Kevin McCarthy uh potentially businessman Alfie Oaks millionaire grocer businessman Alfie Oaks businessman uh potential candidate uh agricultural state agricultural uh, commissioner Wilton Simpson uh all potential candidates all of whom are able to raise substantial uh, sums necessary for a campaign for governor in the size of Florida, uh, the real problem here is that if Ron DeSantis uh, wants to run again in 2028, but is no longer a candidate, uh, uh, pardon me, no longer a sitting governor, it's not clear where he would raise the campaign funds. Uh, he his Super PAC, we now know based on a report today, uh, spent 130 million dollars to run a campaign that was essentially uh, a dumpster fire. Uh, I don't know where he would raise that kind of money as a non-incumbent governor. Uh, This is why I stick to my prediction uh, that uh, his wife, Casey DeSantis, uh, will run for governor. Uh, Here's a a question from Andrew uh, in Costa Mesa, California. Andrew says, what do you think of the federal legislation today uh, that would make it a felony uh, to uh, use uh, an AI generated voice uh, in a robocall? Um, as someone who has very recently been a victim uh, of AI in which a totally fabricated recording that—that uh, that is allegedly my voice um, has uh, not only been released, but now forensically examined three times using three different programs demonstrating that it is a fraud, a a dirty trick. Um, I would strongly favor uh, such a bill. Uh, AI and the abuse of AI in our politics is going to be the next big thing. Uh, I uh, assure you uh, of that. So I would favor such legislation. Um, Last question. Uh, This comes from From Josie in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, do you think that Donald Trump will be barred from the ballot in Colorado or other states? No, the short answer is I do not. Uh, The legal argument here is fundamentally flawed. Donald Trump has not been convicted of insurrection in any courtroom anywhere. The Massachusetts uh, Supreme Court, of all places, refused to hear a petition on this issue Last week, Uh, I am highly confident uh, that Trump will win uh, his uh, case uh, in the uh, uh, ultimately in the Supreme Court, which has agreed to hear this question. All right. I'm afraid that we are about out of time. I do want to take this last opportunity to remind you that the Stone Zone is brought to you every day by the great folks at MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com. Now, if you think that MyPillow.com is just about pillows, well, you'd be wrong. Uh, Go to the MyPillow.com website right now, and when you do, please use promo code STONE, promo code STONE, whether it is uh, the fabulous dog beds, or the pet blankets, or or the six-piece towel sets now on special, or the men and women's uh, moccasin slippers, uh, or the men and women's Terry cloth bathrobes uh, or the famous uh, high quality uh, bed sheets. There are many many great products uh, available at the MyPillow.com store. Uh, and please remember to use promo code Stone. Uh, Mike Lindell is a warrior. He's a patriot, and he too, having just essentially been canceled by Fox News, needs your support as we do here on the Stone Zone all right that's it for today Uh, thank you for tuning in to the stone zone i'm roger stone until tomorrow god bless you and godspeed